Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Let's talk some COVID news. And there are developments. And it's something that we need to pay attention to. You may have heard my interesting interview yesterday with the uh, the lawyer who represents the four Alberta doctors who are challenging the uh, vaccine mandate that's been issued by Alberta Health Services. And you can listen to that interview as well at RoyGreenShow.com. There are situations that are evolving in this country in various provinces. In uh, British Columbia, some 4,000 healthcare professionals have been taken off the job at this point. They're suspended uh, effectively without pay. If they're not vaccinated by the 15th of November, they will lose their jobs. And there's a story here that unvaccinated global news, unvaccinated nurses all over the province are no longer permitted to work for the British Columbia Health Authorities. So a group of Kamloops nurses who didn't receive the COVID-19 vaccine are using their job loss as an opportunity to start a clinic. Uh, One of the uh, organizers said, we're not being allowed to help. We were told we weren't wanted, we weren't needed, and yet we know we are. So there's a lot to talk about, and we're glad to have back with us on the program. It's been a while since we've talked to Dr. Brian Conway. He is uh, back with us. He's the medical director and infectious diseases specialist at the Vancouver Infectious Diseases Center. Dr. Conway, thank you for coming back. How are you? I'm very well, Roy. Thank you so much for having me back. Yeah, I always like to ask doctors how you are, because nobody ever asks a doctor how you are. We like to walk in and tell you how we are. <laughs> oh, I am, I am well. I am well. Obviously, COVID world is, is all-encompassing, at least in, in the type of medicine that we practice here at uh, VIDC. Uh, but uh, I'm well. I'm, getting, I'm slowly getting used to what I think is going to be the new normal. Yeah, it really has changed life. And it's an endemic reality, isn't it now, Dr. Conway? It's, it's with us for some considerable period of time. I think it's important that we all realize that COVID is not going away. If you go back to sort of the positive attitudes that were sort of expressed before the summer, when the numbers were going down, when we were saying that Labor Day might be the great reopening, and if not, Thanksgiving Day, Some provinces in Canada decided that they weren't going to pay attention to COVID in a privileged way uh, anymore going forward. There was this idea that it was going to end. And I think we realized that that's not the case. We're going to start vaccinating again in uh, large numbers of people here in British Columbia. The the general population going, going forward, people are developing combined COVID and flu shots to be administered next fall. So COVID will be part of our reality for the foreseeable future. May I ask you what uh, services uh, you provide at the Vancouver Infectious Disease Center? What what are the main issues that you deal with? Well, we're dealing mainly with the inner city. We have a much broader population. We deal with infectious diseases in general. We started out as an HIV clinic and then an HIV and Hep C and general infectious disease clinic. But our main mission, if I may use that word, is to develop and evaluate systems of care for the inner city that was particularly savaged by the COVID pandemic. All of the community-based services that they relied on for survival, essentially, for their day-to-day lives were taken away from them in uh, March of 2020, March 13th, Friday the 13th. 
Yeah, it's a long time. So there you go. So we try to help them out, make sure that they're part of uh, the new normal, and uh, that takes up most of our time. So I note on the website of VIDC that low barriers to care and incentivization to long-term engagement are practiced. And I wonder, Dr. Conway, because there's resistance, as you know, among, you know better than I, among a significant percentage of Canadians, not the majority, but a significant percentage, there's vaccine hesitancy uh, still. If there were low barriers to care and if there were more incentivizing as opposed to threatening when it comes to being vaccinated, would that be a maybe a preferable way at this juncture to approach COVID vaccine hesitant people? I think it's the only way forward. When people come to us and it happens on a daily basis, and it's not just the inner city, it's, it's all walks of life. The most important thing is to understand if you are not vaccinated, why that is. Is it that you didn't get around to it? Let's make it easy for you to get the vaccine right here, right now. Do you have questions about safety? Do you have questions that it doesn't work? Do you have questions about you don't need it? Those are all things that we can address. We can do so positively. We can do so respectfully. The answers have to be readily available, easy to get at. It can't be an 811 number and you're on hold for half an hour. And I think that's going to be the key to us moving forward all together as part of the solution. Having the answers, having them easily available, let's be respectful to each other and let's see how we can sort of unite rather than divide. Yeah, very sensible because there is a lack of or a growing lack of respect, just frustration people have with each other. And, and, and if you're on one side of the debate or the other and you're not on side with the other person you're debating, whether it's online or personally, negativity just doesn't creep into the conversation. It charges into the conversation. So it, when I hear, and I heard it yesterday, and I'm sure I'm going to hear it later today at some point in my day, it always happens. People will send me an email or send a text or they'll call me and it'll be a conversation goes something like this. I know you're vaccinated. I know you believe in it. But did you know that it doesn't work? Did you know that you can be just as infectious if you're vaccinated. Did you know that vaccinated people are being hospitalized more than non-vaccinated? Whatever, this, whatever the, the rumor of the day or the story of the day is or the preferred position of the day is, Dr. Conway, it's going to arrive. What do you say to people who will argue that the vaccine that the vaccine's not a good idea, that it doesn't really help, and that you're just going to be just as vulnerable if you're vaccinated as if you weren't? Well, I've had each and every one of those questions asked of me on a daily basis, often several times a day. So my first approach is to quote the information that I know to be evidence-based, to be based on the medical literature, to be based on research that's been done, on clinical observations, and address that question in a very straightforward way. But what I'm finding is that oftentimes these are being used as justification by individuals who have already made up their minds that they're not going to get vaccinated. And as I go through all of these questions, it often gets to, well, you may be right, but I'm still not getting the vaccine. And, and once we get to that, then we can sort of have the debate, okay, now that I've answered all your questions, why have you made this decision? What is, what is motivating you and how can we continue the discussion rather than me ending this interaction and saying, well, 
we're just going to agree to disagree and go each our separate ways, which is no solution. We can't be there. But these questions, they're all honest questions on the face of it. They're all questions to which there is a good factual answer that disproves the, the conclusion that comes from them that it makes sense to not be vaccinated. And, and it's really those low threshold, frequent discussions that we need to have. And, and hopefully this will get us to all be on the same side in COVID world. Yeah. Are you finding that COVID is, an, and, and you've said to us that your focus is the inner city, on the east, east side of Vancouver. Uh, are you finding that COVID is an increasing presence among your patients? And are significant numbers, maybe a majority of new cases comprised of non-vaccinated people? Unfortunately, it's a growing problem right now. Since the population is very mobile, there are people coming in. Their priority is not COVID. There are many people who have been vaccinated through heroic efforts by the health authorities. But there are many that have not. And when someone gets infected in the inner city, the uh, contact tracing, the imposition of public health measures in terms of isolating people, getting people to stay at home, getting people to stay apart, are just not practical. So it increases the number of cases that we see. And then they spread to the vaccinated individuals who may have received their shots several months ago and who by current evidence are probably due to get a booster because vaccine efficacy is decreasing. So it it really is an issue that requires its own attention, its own solution. And, And I will remind us, just as an aside, that in British Columbia, there have been twice as many deaths due to opioid overdose than there have been due to COVID. So that's sort of another, I think, consequence of the pandemic. So it's a population that we need to attend to and develop a specific plan to, uh, to address uh, all of their needs. So when somebody says, or somebody writes, as someone just did, it all depends on which medical professional you believe, and they point to um, a variance in opinion and belief in vaccines among healthcare professionals. How do we deal with that? Well, I try to get it to a specific issue on which a disagreement may be occurring. So it isn't that a specific individual is good or bad, a specific individual is always right or never right. What is the issue? And let's have a discussion around it. I think the one issue that uh, is the most challenging for me is when we talk about vaccines being safe. So it's clear that there are side effects to the vaccines. And I'll take, for instance, the heart inflammation issue is with the mRNA vaccines, it does occur. It's one in a million with the first dose. It's one in 100,000 with the second dose. And it's one in 10,000 with a second dose in men between the ages of, let's say, 18 and 29, maybe 16 and 30, let's say. But that's about the right range. So they say, well, you're making me, a healthy person, run a risk of one in 10,000 of getting uh, heart inflammation in terms of if I get the vaccine. I'm healthy now and I might have heart inflammation. Well, in COVID world, your chances of getting infected with COVID and getting heart inflammation with the possibility of you dying from that is higher. So it it is an issue of balancing those two things is that the vaccine, I wish it was 100% safe, but it's almost 100% safe. It's 90% effective. 
And that's sort of the, the premise. So they say, you lied when you told me it was safe. Well, let me answer your question completely, and those are the facts. So at that point, it gets it, it, that's the, the most difficult discussion I have. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. That's not true. I don't need it. That's actually not true. Um, and, 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 and so on and so forth. We, we can get into most issues I can, I can really discuss and present the evidence, but it really is around safety that we run into sort of the, the deepest and most difficult uh, discussions, but we need to continue to have them. Yeah, for sure. I always have end up with more questions than time. What about the issue of the boosters? British Columbia is saying that if you want a booster and you're an adult, you're going to get it. Um, what are your thoughts on the boosters and how effective, what's their efficacy expectation, um, given the fact that COVID continues to mutate? Well, we're slow walking towards everyone needing a booster. In British Columbia, we've announced that all the boosters will be given at some point by the spring. The uh, national recommendations that came out this week were suggesting let's give boosters to this particular group without necessarily saying the others won't get them. They just won't get them now. So we're all going to get boosted. We think that with the third shot, the evidence shows that you get up to 90% effectiveness. You get back to the maximum benefit of the vaccine, and hopefully that will last. Till the end of next year, when we'll get into yearly boosters, I expect to preserve that level of efficacy in the general population going forward. Okay, one more question for you. The impact of uh, COVID on homeless populations, you work in the inner city, uh, what's the impact? And what is your view of opening public venues and lifting the capacity maximums, both indoors and outdoors? So briefly on both of those, in terms of the inner city, it has savaged the inner city. This is our opportunity to address the needs of the inner city in terms of housing, addiction, overall low threshold care in COVID world so that they can be part of the solution and they aren't our blind spot maintaining community-based transmission once we've addressed it elsewhere. In terms of reopening the uh, large venues indoors, it was the natural next step, public health versus the health of the public. As long as we limit it to vaccinated individuals and people are careful when they go into these large venues. Go sends go, go leaves go, go connects go sounds great through a mask. So wear a mask when you're indoors and avoid congregating with large numbers of people and let's see what happens. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.